Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. Welcome to Closer Look. I'm Ed Linane here in Washington. We are at the Capitol Hill office of Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, who represents Missouri's 4th Congressional District. She serves on the House Armed Services Committee, along with the House Agricultural Committee, various subcommittees that fall under the umbrella of both committees. She's married to Lowell. Together, they are the proud parents to their daughter. Congresswoman, thanks for letting us stop by today. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome. Glad to be here. You have put together quite a life uh, resume, served in the Missouri State House for six years. You helped to run the family farm, small business owner. You taught public school. You coached track. What are you taking from that background, that life experience that has helped now in Congress? Well, you grow up on the farm. You learn a lot about hard work, but also reliance on God. And you're close to your family to get things done. We had to work together. And uh, those are the things that I bring to my service here is that I love the people of my district. I'm honored to serve them and to fight for them. But I rely on God to help me do it the best of my ability. Take us back, uh, some of your goals when you first came to Washington. How, how would you grade yourself so far on the goals? Uh, have they changed at all since 2010? Oh, they have a little bit. When I first ran for office, a reporter asked me uh, what was the first thing I was going to do when I got here, the first bill I was going to introduce. And I thought for a minute, and I said, you know, I'm not going to Washington with a to-do list. I'm going with an undo list. Because at that time, I felt like the President Obama and the uh, leadership up here have been dismantling everything that made this country great. The policies weren't working. The health care uh, was, the Obamacare was uh, increasing the cost for families, becoming more unaffordable, not as accessible. That needed to be undone. Dodd-Frank needed to be undone. We needed to uh, stop cutting our military. We needed to reestablish our place in the world. And... Uh, you know, admit faith and, and support life and families. And uh, so I was trying to undo those policies and stand up for those other things. And we've been successful in some of those things. As you say, I'm on armed services committee. So we have successfully the last several years been able to start rebuilding our military to invest in those things that are needed. But uh, we still need to address um, the health care issue is still out there. And uh, there's still more work to be done. But I, I feel good about the progress that we've made. Let's take a closer look at the fourth. A pretty rural, leans conservative. You have said that you've returned home most weekends to keep in touch. So what are some of the things that people in the district would tell you are very important to them? Well, certainly our national defense. We have Whiteman Air Force Base and Fort Leonard Wood there, and we're very uh, proud of those veterans in our district who have served. And we understand that there's only a few things Congress should be doing, and the most important thing is to provide for the common defense. And so uh, they believe in that, but they also want government to get out of the way, <laughs> generally, uh, to they appreciate their rights, whether it be uh, their right to uh, carry a gun and, and to hunt and to fish and to worship as they please and to, to speak up for those traditional conservative values. Um, but they also need, uh, as I mentioned, uh, health care. We need to can do better to find accessible, affordable health care. Um, they're concerned and want uh, roads and to be uh, strengthened, and, uh, but they also believe in, in family um, and faith, and uh, 
you know, want the government to not get in the way of their free exercise of their religion. It's a district that's been hit hard by natural disasters in the past and certainly more recently, too. Interesting, you noted that some of the counties in your district were not included in the president's recent emergency declaration for the state, uh, which would have made them eligible for federal aid. How do you go about changing that, or do you? Sure. Well, I wrote a letter to the president and to the director of FEMA uh, saying, hey, we need to look at all of these counties, including the ones that did not receive the declaration yet. I've met uh, with the state director of the Emergency Management Agency, and uh, my staff is working with the Federal Emergency Management Agency, and they are, as we speak, back on the ground reevaluating some of those counties. So I'm very hopeful that we'll get uh, that disaster declaration for even some more of my counties. Back in the last Congress, you saw your bill passed, which sought increased empowerment for law enforcement to fight sex trafficking. Uh, at the time, Missouri ranked somewhat high on the list for cases like that. Any progress to report either in the district or on the state level since the debut of your legislation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did pass the bill in the House last year, uh, but it hasn't passed yet into law. But it would give law enforcement some more uh, grant opportunities to go after the demand side of sex trafficking. Too many times the women who many times are victimized Uh, and brought into that lifestyle by the pimps and by those taking advantage of them, they're arrested on a sting operation while the person who purchased the sex drives away. And that's just not right. Uh, So this would allow the law enforcement to go after those who are uh, victimizing and targeting these vulnerable people and uh, make sure that they're put behind bars or and or receive uh, help to uh, change their way of life and stop doing that. I would think that a district like the 4th with rural communities shares many of the same issues that other rural communities have around the country, the infrastructure issues, lack of broadband access, jobs. Uh, What have you been working on to address these needs? How optimistic are you that living in rural communities can still play a part in American life? Well, I'm very optimistic. I mean, we have the values and the work ethic that I think employers want and this country needs. And But broadband is something that I am focused on because we do have areas of not only my district, but uh, much of rural America that does not have access to high-speed rural uh, broadband. So that's why in the Farm Bill last year, I offered an amendment that passed to not only uh, provide the $600 million extra for rural broadband, but to uh, make sure that the speeds are such that they will actually be workable into the future. Um, And then I also expanded it to not just the ability for people to get loans to put in the fiber and the high speed that's needed from the government, but that they also have loan guarantees uh, to a local bank could give a loan to a rural electric cooperative or someone who wanted to put in high speed internet and uh, have that loan from that local bank be backed up by the full faith of the government. So uh, those are just a couple of things I'm doing. But in the district, we are meeting with our counties, with our presiding commissioners, and sitting down and encouraging them to apply for grants that are currently available right now for rural broadband. And I'm excited that several companies are applying, and I'm hopeful that we'll see more rural broadband in, in Missouri 4th District in the future. You're listening to Closer Look. I'm Ed Lenane here in Washington. We're visiting with Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler from the uh, Missouri 4th District. 
I mentioned uh, before that you taught public school for many years, right? When you look yeah. at today's public schools, do you see a different environment from when you taught and from your role in Congress? How do you want to help today's teachers and students? Oh, I do. Uh, children and teenagers are near and dear to my heart, and uh, I've been putting on high school assemblies to um, try to go after the drug problem that we have in this country. You know, we lost 70,000 Americans to the opioid crisis and the drug crisis just in 2017. And I've met so many families that are being devastated by this. And so there's several things I've been doing in my district uh, to help. But one thing is to go to the young people and to challenge them to be the generation to rise up and to choose to live drug-free and to break this cycle. And I bring in some very dynamic speakers, some that are parents who've lost a child to a heroin overdose, undercover cop, uh, those type of things. And I'm, uh, we've done 19 assemblies so far. This fall, we're going to do another six or eight more. And um, I'm just going to keep going, try to reach as many young people as possible. But a real need is mental health. Um, in, in our school system now. It has changed since I was in the classroom. As I talk to teachers, so many children are, are traumatized, unfortunately, by what they're experiencing, that the schools are being overwhelmed with children with mental health problems that makes uh, teaching and learning very difficult. So that's why we're seeing more and more schools put in mental health clinics and bring in a social worker at least one day a week for these children to have access to some help. You mentioned uh, before the military bases in your district. I saw that you recently noted that money that was supposed to be set aside to help prevent suicide amongst veterans was not earmarked for them. From your position now on the House Armed Services Committee, how would you address something like that? Sure. Well, we have already talked to the Department of Defense officials who uh, received that money Congress gave them to, to get the word out about the suicide prevention programs, and they didn't spend it and asked them, why did you not spend it all? And they had some some reasons, and uh, some of it makes sense in that some of the leadership in those offices changed, and there was not somebody there uh, at the head for a while that was appointed, and so it kind of lapsed. But they're, they're on it now because <laughs> we got their attention, and they are committed to making sure the word gets out about that. But, you know, we're losing 20 veterans a day to suicide. And that is just unacceptable. Um, so I have been looking at the issue of PTSD and suicide prevention and what can be done. And the one encouraging thing I've found is that there is some wonderful ministries that are having a tremendous impact in helping people um, find hope and find purpose again and find healing through Jesus Christ. And so I'm currently meeting with DOD officials, uh, VA officials, trying to uh, make them aware of these programs and seeing if we can encourage them to not just give uh, an appointment for a therapy session, which some of that works, not just give a, a prescription for more medication to handle it, but to actually refer them to a week-long experience with one of these uh, PTSD ministries uh, so that more veterans can uh, find the help that they need. Very recently, you introduced a resolution in the House condemning China for its continued hardline, hardline crackdown of people of faith and particularly Christians. Obviously, something you feel pretty strong about. I do. I've been uh, aware of, of this persecution of Chinese Christians for years, and it's very disturbing when 
you, you know, Hebrews tells us that we are supposed to remember those in chains and those uh, who are in prison as if they were ourselves or our own family members, and they are family. Uh, there are Christian brothers and sisters who are being uh, persecuted and tortured for their faith, and certainly China is one of the worst violators. So that's why I introduced this resolution with Jackie Spear, who is a, a Democrat, a bipartisan resolution, calling on our government to uh, do more and calling on China to do less. Mm -hmm. Well, how much influence can a resolution like this have if it's passed? Well, it, it can have some, certainly, because it, it shines the light on it. And China doesn't want people to know that this is going on. And so when Congress speaks, when we introduce a bill like I did, that is uh, that makes a statement, first of all. And then if we can get this passed, if we can bring this on the House floor, have discussion, have hearings on it, or have testimony, that uh, is picked up around the world, and that em embarrasses them and hopefully will put pressure on them to do the right thing uh, because their view in the eyes of the world is very important to them, and uh, they, they shouldn't be doing this at all, but certainly not trying to hide that they are doing this. It's uh, pretty clear that you're bringing your own faith foundation here to Washington, right? How has that helped you not only get acclimated to what goes on here, but working here even today? Well, it's, it's pivotal. You know, each one of us, God makes with a plan and a purpose, and he equips us to do what he wants us to do. Uh, the word says you delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And, uh, you know, he gave me the desire to serve others through public service when I was nine years old, making mud pies uh, on my front sidewalk uh, and talking to God about what do you want me to be when I grow up. And the thought of being a state rep uh, came in my head. I thought, yeah, maybe that's something I could do. And I don't know. It's just something I've been drawn to uh, my whole life, and others are drawn to, to go to Africa or to serve as a doctor or nurse or whatever, and that's what the body of Christ is all about. But I just feel blessed to be here. I'm very, um, you know, rely on the Lord for guidance, for strength, for comfort, for wisdom, just like everybody else in their calling. And uh, I'm just glad I can be here serving Him and, and serving the good people of my district in this special way. Like most members of Congress, you put a lot of miles in, right? Let's yeah. talk about the balance between home life and then what you do here in Washington. How are you making that work? Sure. It's something every member and their family has to work out. It's not easy. It's in a way kind of like a mini deployment each week, uh, like in, not at all like the military uh, who are deployed for months on end. But you do leave your family and uh, but thank goodness for, uh, uh, you know, uh, te technology, um, certainly talk on the phone, uh, morning, night, as far as me, and uh, there's, there's FaceTime, you know, there's email, there's texting throughout the day, there's, there's ways now that we can stay in touch, stay close, and then I, when I am home every weekend, uh, you know, I prioritize my schedule, that my family's, you know, the most important thing, and on Sunday, certainly is the Lord's Day, we go to church, and that's family day, so I don't, uh, don't plan uh, events. I'm not out. Uh, we're, we're together. So the Lord just uh, makes it work. And we're just thankful for him and uh, that we can serve as a family. You serve as a family. Well, no matter what the future holds or whenever your time in Congress does come to an end, what's the one thing that you hope your constituents will remember you by? Well, it's the, it's the verse in uh, Psalm 78 describing David and how God called him from the sheep pens and from taking care of sheep to lead his people, uh, Israel, and how he led them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. So that's, that's it. That's a I good like. one. 
Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler from Missouri's 4th District, thanks for letting us stop by and visit today. You bet. Thanks for having me. This has been Love Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.